Good day. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you will be better equipped to amplify your positive impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity. We'll hear stories of how authentic leaders came to be who they are, and we will create a platform for you to submit questions you would like me to address on all the different topics that we talk about here, as well as in my books. What is uniquely special is that I'm going to be doing this podcast together with my daughter, Kaylee. <laughs> I am super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are so passionate about together. All right, so stay real. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Haley. It's always good to welcome, uh, welcome. be here with you again. Highlight so, of my week. <laughs> yeah, likewise, likewise. So we were going to focus today on the hero's journey and what the hero's journey actually means in your work yeah. as a school, high school school teacher and in my work in the leadership development field. So uh, I guess I could go first unless you wanted to say sure. a few thoughts about the uh, about the hero's journey. No, jump right in. Yeah, it's a super applicable model and structure, I think, for um, for overcoming challenges and for growth and identity. And, and, and it's something that's, I would argue, innate to human to humans um, because it shows up across cultures throughout generations and generations and generations. So go ahead, Dad. So I was drawn oh, 40 years ago to the work of Joseph Campbell. And he's the one who initiated this terminology called the hero's journey when he wrote a book in 1949 called a hero with a thousand faces. And he actually was good friends with a guy by the name of George Lucas lived on George Lucas's ranch. And he mapped out this whole thing called the hero's journey back in those days. And then George Lucas was so inspired by it that he took the template of the hero's journey and created a little movie series out of it called Star Wars. Just a little movie now, series. I don't know why. You might have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was drawn to, to Joseph Campbell, but all of my teachers, uh, when I learned about family therapy, when I learned about family systems, when I learned about organizational systems, when I learned about philosophy, all of my teachers were rooted in Joseph Campbell's work. And it, to me, it just, it resonates with the human spirit. He was a mythologist. He was a sociologist. He, uh, he, he, was, a, he was a studier, a, a seeker of, of wisdom and knowledge in a variety of different cultures. And what I use his work today is around this whole notion of how do we approach adversity in our life? Whenever we come up against any kind of a diversity, any kind of adversity, uh, you know, uh, a job layoff, a failure, a bankruptcy, um, a, a death, um, an illness, whenever we come up against a, a, a hardship in our life, what we call a hardship, it's always a doorway to authenticity. It's a doorway to connecting with this authentic self that we were born with. And, you know, we were born authentic, and then we construct the self and, and find a way to distance ourselves from authenticity. And in the process, we lose meaning in our life and impact. 
So when we're up against adversity, what Joseph Campbell, at least my interpretation would be, is that when we're up against adversity, we ultimately have a choice. We can either grow from that or we survive. And, you know, do we just keep our head above water and get through it? Or do we actually embrace the crisis? Joseph Campbell would probably say that a crisis is too important, uh, is is too horrible to miss the opportunity to learn. And what he did was that he mapped this out in, in what he described in A Hero with a Thousand Faces, three stages of the hero's journey. First of all, there's these are three acts. The departure act, where the character leaves the ordinary world. Then the initiatory act, where the, where the character ventures into unknown territory and focuses on various painful, challenging struggles where survival is unclear, it requires courage and creativity and grit, and then you find allies on your journey, and then you finally triumph and are birthed a true champion, a hero, in overcoming these. And then you have the return act where you return as a changed person and make the world better. Now, I define this as you know, embracing this time of great difficulty where you allow the pain to break you open so that a stronger, wiser, and kinder self can emerge. And through the lenses of the hero's journey, adversity then is viewed as something wanting to be born, like the stages that a a caterpillar goes through in the transformation to a butterfly. You could look at any of those stages and think you could pathologize those stages. At some stage, it's just complete mush. And you could pathologize it and say, hey, this this caterpillar needs psychiatry, which I (laughs) don't have anything against. But it's about not pathologizing it but actually embracing it as a chapter in your life. And then all the, you know, all the great stories, when you begin to see through the lenses of the, of the hero's journey, you begin to see all the great stories, all the movies are written th- with this template in place. And they all follow essentially the same template. And so and the, the last thing I want to say, and then I want to hear what your perspective is, yeah, but sure. if you look at the, through your life, through a hero's journey, Uh, You look at your life and ask yourself this question. If your life were a book, what would be its title? And then what chapter are you in right now? It may be a very difficult time that you're in right now, but it's a chapter in a much larger narrative. And then you begin to ask yourself, what does this crisis that we're currently going through make possible? So those are the sort of the lenses that you look at through the hero's journey. So I would be very curious as to what your take on all this is. Well, I love what I love about the hero's journey um, is it's it's usually known as the monomyth, which is like the one in the, the, the central myth to the human experience. And it exists across cultures. It exists across eras um, and exists in various forms from ancient Greek to Mesopotamia um, to Harry Potter, to Lord of the Rings, to, uh, Disney movies. Um, and it's this, this, this common myth, this structure, um, that we keep coming back to. And I, and I know dad, you and I've talked a lot about the power of storytelling and of myths and having of this common myth, um, is so important to who we are as human beings. There's a school of thought in anthropology, actually, um, that storytelling 
itself and mythology is actually what gave us a, an evolutionary advantage over other hominids and other human-like species of, of the time. That's where we were able to outcompete them because we had the ability to tell stories and to say, hey, actually, maybe we shouldn't go over by that river because there's a crocodile there. Uh, and I saw one there yesterday, whereas other hominids didn't have that ability to tell those types of stories. And then throughout our development, throughout our evolution, and I guess adaptations over time, um, we, we come back to myths as, a, as, as a, a sense of purpose and of answering the big whys that we can't understand. Um, and it's so important to us, right? And so what I really like about this monomyth is it gives us um, a bit of reassurance and structure to know that if we're going through adversity, humans before us have done this and gone through challenges and the challenges obviously have changed over time. But I find it really quite comforting to know that, you know, enough humans have gone through these adversities, have gone through these challenges and have come out not just on the other side, but come out stronger and better and, and, and grown. Right. And I think that's why this storytelling structure is so common with especially children's lit. Um, and especially with coming of age stories, you know, Harry Potter and, and the Hobbit and Star Wars and um, Mulan and uh, Frozen even, or I've been watching Stranger Things. I know you haven't been dad, but I'm, I'm loving the latest season of Stranger Things. And that's at its core what it is. It's a group of kids who venture into the unknown uh, and they, they cross the threshold into this, this new world that's full of challenges and they have to rely on each other. So I think that's a hugely beautiful bit about the hero's journey is relying on other people and relying on a community and relying on mentors. Um, you're not alone in it, but relying on your community and then persevering with grit to overcome the challenge and come through on the other side and then returning to where you started off with and maybe seeing it with a bit of boredom because you're now a different person. Um, so that returning to, to where you were and realizing that the world itself hasn't changed, but you have. Right. We see this in we see this in in all kinds of, of stories, um, uh, not just the Western stories as well, but Eastern stories as well. Um, so this this challenge by choice. Um, and so, I mean, the idea of a rite of passage and of challenges, this isn't new. Right. Like we've you know, nowadays we may see it as like, you know, 16 year olds getting their driver's license and going through a stressful driving test or or, you know, five year olds spending their first night away from home. Uh, or, you know, if you go back several hundred years, you know, perhaps going out into the wilderness and spending time alone without your family uh, and going through that challenge. But that's why I really find the monomyth and the, the hero's journey such a, a powerful, important structure for for human beings. Um, to understand who we are and why we do what we do and giving our life a sense of purpose. Uh, and I love that it's, it's grounded in this, these old traditions that, that have been around since before us. And, and this myth itself is, is not going anywhere, right? I mean, Stranger Things, the fourth season just came out like, you know, a week ago, whatever. Um, and it's still captivating and still incredibly popular. Um, so I just love it. I love it. And I find it so grounding and so reassuring whenever I'm going through um, you know, turbulence and challenges. Can you speak to more, Haley, about how you use this with your students? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I usually, I, I teach high school English, uh, but I'm also a guidance counselor at our, at our school. Um, and every year I, I try to incorporate, whether I teach grade 10, grade 11, or grade 12, I try to teach an identity unit. Um, and I, I take different approaches with it every year, but the hero's journey is core to identity. It's core to coming of age. It's core to growing up um, because it, it's teaching this lesson of, um, you know, whatever literature we study, whether it's, you know, Greek mythology or 
you know, um, Treasure Island or my favorite book of all time, The Hobbit. I'll keep coming back to The Hobbit. It's my favorite. Um, but it's or this fairy idea. Fairy tales. Or fairy tales. Fairy tales. Exactly. Um, you know, Toy Story, all of these, these tales that we are so familiar with and are so integral to who we are as, as, a, as a species um, all come back to this. So, and it's so, yeah. So I, I really, and I find students recognize the story pattern. They can recognize the story structure because it's all text that they grew up with. They're all texts they're familiar with. They're able to identify the different phases in Joseph Campbell's uh, monomyth in his, in his structure, and they're able to compare it to other literature, but then they're also able to compare it to their own life and to know that, yeah, it was really stinking hard to ride a bike when they were six, but they did it in the end and they came out better and stronger and faster at the end. Um, or yeah, it was really hard and stressful to go to summer camp for a week. Um, but then they came back and came back home and things got, were a little bit more boring after summer camp. And then you have the nostalgia for it. Right. And so it provides that, um, a little bit of like grounding and motivation, I guess, for, for growing up and for persevering through challenges. And also too, um, remembering that all in all of these stories, the, the main character, the hero, uh, or the hero, if you will, um, they're not alone. They have to rely on other people as they go through it. They have to rely. They cannot go through these challenges alone. They have to rely on mentors. They have to rely on a community. They have to rely on their team, right? Who is Harry Potter without Ron Weasley? right? Or who's Bilbo Baggins without his, his team of, of dwarves, right? Uh, or who is Moana without Maui, right? Um, so they have to rely on other people to get them through. And then the other thing is grit and perseverance. Like you said, with the butterfly and the crystal and, and the metamorphosis, um, you know, you can't just quit halfway through, you got to push through. Um, but I really think what I also love about this myth is that you can apply it to whatever you need that day. For some people struggling with mental illness, for example, sometimes getting out of bed and showering, that is their challenge for the day. That is that is their monomyth. That is their version of the hero's journey for that day, right? But for other people, it's maybe deciding to go on this big trip that you've always dreamed about. Maybe for some people, it's venturing out into a post-COVID world without a mask on, right? Uh, maybe for some people, it's getting behind the wheels of a car again for the first time after an accident. Uh, maybe for some people, it's, um, you know, venturing into parenthood or marriage or, you know, owning a pet for the first time, right? Um, so I just find like it, it's really, it really helps people face a challenge um, at, without fear, but recognizing that adversity is essential. And fear is probably part of it too, but you work absolutely. The fear. Yes, absolutely. It, and it acknowledge isn't, it. it isn't waiting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not waiting until you don't have fear. It's moving yeah. through it. Exactly. I, we, we do live in a world, and I, I know this from my own experience as a parent, where we want to make it easy. We want our kids to be happy. We want our kids to be, you know, we want to please our kids. We want to make it easy for them. I know this was something that I had to fight with, uh, with my, within myself in yeah. the raising of you three girls. Oh and man, dad, you could have bought you us see. everything. You should have bought us everything. You should have given in. I, I, I struggled too much, dad. Come on. No, just kidding. Just kidding. What happens? What happens Haley in your observation with, with high school students, if, if they've had it too easy and parents have made it, uh, have taken some of that struggle away out of the, out of what that we call love. 
I think you end up with sort of one of two or a combination thereof. Uh, you end up with either entitlement, you end up with this, I deserve to not go through struggle. I don't like that. It's not fair. I don't have to go through this. I've got easy ways out. I don't need to go through the struggle and, and seeing challenges as optional as opposed to necess necessary. So that's one option. Uh, the other thing we see, um, which I think is actually a little bit more detrimental, um, is something called a, a, um, a fixed mindset. Uh, and it's this absolute fear of failure. Um, it's this so paralyzed by fear of failing because they've never had an opportunity to do so that they are stunted. They are paralyzed in trying anything. Uh, they get a test back with something below what they're expecting. You know, for some kids, it's anything below a 95. Uh, and it's the end of their world because they're not used to failing. Um, if they're not, if they're cut from a, a, a team, they're not used to that and they don't have the skills to be able to persevere through it and to advocate for themselves and to, to push through, they completely crumble. Um, so you either end up with this, this entitlement and walking around as if, the world owes you everything, or you end up with this, this fixed fear of failure and not seeing failure and pushing yourself as something essential. Um, and absolutely terrible. We, I teach a lot of students like that. Um, and I really, really worry about them as we graduate them into universities uh, and into the workplace, because the world is not the safe bubble wrapped environment that we really want it to be for those kids. It's not, and they're going to have to find ways of of you know get going through that we always say we don't just get them into university we want to make sure they get out too um because so many kids and that's just university and college programs right but it, the same goes for work um you know you don't just want to get a job you want to make sure you can either keep that job or know when to quit and to change where you're more valued right so it's 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 accepting that and i think that's it's challenge is incredibly important it's critical for our development well, you've kind of alluded to this, but what what uh, suggestions would you have for this isn't a parenting mm -hmm. podcast, but there will be some parents on here yeah, or people sure. who who care for kids, look after kids, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what what what's the message to give to parents today around this? I think accepting challenge is something critical, right? And so what that means, and I say this very naively, I'm a teacher, I'm not a parent yet. <laughs> One day I'll have kids, I hope. Um, but you know, I, you know, knowing that it's, you should be cooking with your kids. You should teach them how to use a knife safely. You should be teaching them the dangers around the stove. Yeah. It might take 10 times longer to cook a meal, but learning those skills and learning how to use the stove and how to use these risks and, and, and teaching them that it's okay to use these tools. And also if you do cut your finger, what do you do then? And it's okay. And the world's not going to end. You just, you know, clean it up, put a bandaid on and, you know, you find these different strategies for, for handling that. Right. Um, but you know, that, that could be for, you know, uh, or if they're struggling with their zipper, right. Setting them up in a way that they can do it themselves with practice. If you are constantly tying their shoes for them or doing up their zipper, you're not making it easier on the kid. You're just delaying that struggle later on in life. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's finding that challenge that it, that they can do safely on their own with a little bit of support here and there. It's not full independence, but you know, a little bit of support is okay. Um, but it's finding that, um, Zygotsky, if you will, if you want to use educational pedagogists here, 
um, you know, it's that zone of proximal development. So that, that zone where they can accomplish something with a little bit of support. So eventually they can become independent at the end. Um, and so for, for little kids, yeah, that, you know, means helping them get set up to zip up the zipper themselves, but they themselves are the ones doing up the zipper, uh, or for teenagers, you know, it's, it's understanding the responsibilities of using a vehicle. Um, not just saying, you know, I'll drive you everywhere, but okay, let's talk about what it means to have a vehicle and what does it mean to take care of a vehicle and the responsibility you have as a driver to yourself, the people you're driving and the, the, the people on the road. Um, and I say this completely naively as not a parent myself, but <laughs> that's just what I've observed as a working with kids anyway. <laughs> and you loan them your car and they total it. So, uh, yeah, this, but, yeah. But, and uh, then you hold them accountable for it. Cause that's going to happen, but then they, they got to, you know, otherwise they're going to either total the family vehicle or they're going to total a car in their early twenties and be totally on a, I don't know who to call. What do I do? What, like, should I take their insurance? Do I just flee the scene? Right? Like learning how to, to manage that with a little bit of support, you know, you don't have to fix it for them, but teaching them the resources to how to, to manage that. I say this as, as, you know, you guys helped me when I totaled your vehicles as a, you know, <laughs> both of them at the same time, I recall backing into one with the other. Oops. <laughs> but you're not, you're not rationalizing trauma and you're mm -hmm. not, uh, you're not saying that it's, it's okay to, to create trauma in kids' life, mm -hmm. but you are saying, I don't think that we actually have to create those opportunities for no. kids. I think we just have to be careful that we don't get in the way of life exactly. happening to kids because life will do it. Yeah, exactly. Life is their, their, their biggest teacher. Right. And we'll teach them in ways that we have, you know, like way more different ways to, to life will teach them way more than we ever will. Um, and that's okay. But then it's learning how to, to learn from life and to, to be the best prepared they can be for life. And that means going through the hero's journey it means going through these challenges. It means looking for help when you need it, not just quitting. Have you, uh, have you got a, a story in mind around how it relates to your own life, Haley? Yeah. Um, actually probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always use running as a good example. Um, I, I ran my first marathon in May. Actually, I was so lucky you, that you were able to come for that. Um, did marathon training in the winter. Was that fun? No, it sucks. <laughs> Most of the time, not all the time, but it, it was really hard, but it, felt really good to finish that race. And I signed up for my next one. Um, but it was that choosing to persevere, choosing to head out the door when it was, you know, minus 30 and wearing all my layers and adapting my run to, you know, so it wasn't super icy and where the snow was cleared and making those decisions. And also knowing that some of those runs, I came home early and I said, that wasn't my run. I'll try again tomorrow. That's okay. Um, but you know, persevering so that it felt so freaking good at the end. Um, that was just the most recent one I can, I can think of. Um, but and you had you know, a community around you supporting yeah, you. Absolutely. I mean, you used to run marathons too, back in the day. So relying on you and I had my great friends here that I run with and, and my coach is my, my, one of my best friends here. Um, and so, you know, perseverance and growth and remembering that I'm not alone. Right. Um, and then I discovered this hobby that it's not always fun. It can be really grueling, but that's what makes it so worth it. Yeah. yeah. And I think in my own life, um, and we'll get into these experiences as this, uh, unfolds this podcast, mm -hmm. but I think of my own life and leaving that religion, mm -hmm. uh, that I was raised mm -hmm. in, 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, one of the devastating things is that, it, you know, I had to follow something. There was something inside of me that said, this is not the right place for my a call spirit. to adventure, uh, a la Joseph Campbell, if you will, the call to adventure. <laughs> and I went through 10 years in my mm-hmm. 20s and early 30s in addiction mm-hmm. and real depression and very severe mood swings because that was my wilderness that I went through. It was my dry spot that uh, I had to really grapple with. And I rejected a lot of allies that came to me in those days, but it felt very lonely. Uh, And then I began to emerge into a community that took me out of there. But, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I don't think I understood, even though I had been a student of Joseph Campbell's, I didn't understand the work that I was doing at the time was actually uh, this uh, heroic journey work. It wasn't, you know, I didn't realize that I was actually developing a narrative for mm. a larger life story. Uh, mm. it, it felt like I was just surviving at the time. And I think it's kind of, it happens in retrospect that you begin to match the hero's journey template with the actual real life story. And one of the things that I would want to have our listeners leave with is to begin to look at your own life through the lenses of a, of a hero's journey. Definitely. And uh, the other thing I've been, I've been uh, challenged by, by some of my participants is what if I don't want to be a hero? Uh, <laughs> what, what if, what if I just want to, you know, just live a good life? I don't want to step up and be a hero. And uh, I, I would ask, how would you respond to that? That's a great question. I think everyone's the main character of their own story right? And that's what the hero is, right? It's the main character of your own story. And so it's, it's finding that empowerment hero does not always equal, you know, standing at the front of the room and flexing your muscles and saying, all right, everybody follow me into the wilderness. No, it's just being the main character and, and refusing to be the supporting character on the sidelines, but recognizing you are your own main character. You are your own hero, right? And if you've undergone challenges, which everybody has big or small, like it, you know, depending on the day, right. Everyone's gone through challenges and has grown. Um, and so it's recognizing and and seeing that as a sense of empowerment, um, that, you know, what a hero means is just, you know, coming out the other side, different and grown, right. That's what a hero is. It's, it's not the, you know, muscly, like, you know, Hercules with, uh, you know, pushing, a you know, or whatever. Yeah. I've heard ancient Greek mythology. Is There's not no my, uh, set yeah. cultural standard exactly. of what a hero needs to look like. It exactly. can really be defined by ourselves. Well, and but even we too, out like, of it a, a better person. Well, and we see this too, in the changing of our, our own, you know, stories as, as, as our culture and society evolves, you know, even in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? Look at the variety of heroes that show up in the hero's journey in literature, right? Bilbo Baggins is very different from Moana, who's very different from Mulan, who's very different from, um, you know, Harry Potter, and who's very different from, um, you know, any of these, you know, Tiana from um, the, you know, from another Disney princess, right? Like the, the heroes have changed as well with our literature, right? And so it's it's finding it's finding who your own main character is in your own story, and it, it sure as heck should be you. So that's the challenge that we leave to our listeners is Mm -hmm. to begin to look at their life through the lenses of a hero's journey. And what would that, how would their life be different Mm -hmm. if they could be, you know, what is the, what is the title of your own life story? 
And what chapter are you in at this moment? Mm-hmm. And, and how could you reframe some of the ordeals, what we call ordeals in our life, to guide us into a, a deeper, wiser, kinder person? That's the invitation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And recognizing that you're not alone in it. No hero gets through to the end without their people, without their community, without their mentors. So looking around you as well at the people who are helping you through whatever challenge you're facing. Which is certainly what we're offering leaders is this yeah. sense of community that you're not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a community here of like-minded difference makers who really want to come together and support each other to be who we are, who we're exactly. meant to be. Exactly. Listen, it's always fun. I just yeah. look forward to more of these uh, sessions. And, uh, you know, I just get so much out of just talking to you and learning about your work and your philosophy. And oh, I just hope yeah. that our listeners... Uh, the bonus <laughs> bonus if our listeners get something out of it, but it's just real fun yeah. working with you. I love it. It's great. And on that note, Dad, what are you grateful for this week? Oh my gosh, gratitude. Yeah. Well, I, am, <laughs> I am grateful to be, uh, I wrote my, my speech for your wedding coming up. Woo-hoo! And so I'm really <laughs> grateful. At Val and I, your mom and I were getting very excited this week about getting out to Ottawa uh, later in the month and uh, joining yay. you. So I'm actually grateful for the anticipation oh, of another yay. journey in your life at this next leg of your chapter of your life. Oh, thanks. I'm grateful for that too. And I'm just so grateful. I know as uh, planning a wedding is, you know, there's, you know, it's a challenge in and of itself, uh, a very privileged one. I, I will, I will acknowledge. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, just so grateful for the opportunity for all my community to come together and just how special it is on the day of a wedding, you know, all these people that I care about so deeply in my life coming together for, for one, for one really cool night, uh, from across the country. I think I'm really, really grateful and really privileged for that. It's an yeah. important ritual. Yeah, that we have been missing in these last couple of years here. Gatherings. Yep. Gatherings. Gatherings. And rites of passage, right? Like, you know, coming back to the hero's journey thing, right? The rites of passage, it's important to who we are, right? These important chapters that we begin and they, you know, the, the celebration as we move on to the next one. All right. All right. We will at some point too, we've, we've looked at the bright side of the hero's journey. We've made it look all polished and nice and neat and tidy. One of the things we'll be getting into certainly together is our challenges together and, you know, and what the darker side of our own personal journey in our relationship and with each other and in our own personal lives have been. Okay. Definitely. For sure. Looking forward to it. All right. Look forward to the next one. See you. And it's a, it's a, it's stay real and be real. Stay real and be real. Absolutely. (laughs) 